You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. Here we are at episode number 64. Before I start into our film of the week, I would like to say that this month we are talking about all films Hawaii. And if I could indulge Michael, I would like to dedicate this month to my friend Chris, who lost her battle with cancer on April 5th. And she was a huge Hawaiiophile. Is that what it would be? She loved Hawaii. So, Chris, this month is for you. We are talking about all films in the beautiful Aloha State. Do you know who also likes Hawaii? Is Oregon resident Sam Elliott. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Mike says that because one time I ran into Sam Elliott on a beach in Hawaii. And he's welcome on the podcast. Yes. Anytime you're in Portland, Sam, please come join us on the podcast. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be. I was actually just mentioning uh, the other night that I am a bad parent as my youngest son has never seen Roadhouse. Oh dear, we have to rectify that immediately. And I think you could argue that Sam Elliott co-starred in that. And we have really good equipment and microphones. Think how well he would sound on one of these road mics. I'm tempted to do my Sam Elliott impersonation, but I won't. But I won't insult him with that. No, no. Well, you could do it now, but not in front of him. I won't even do it now. Okay. If he listens to the podcast and then he, he would that, never he'll come be on. like, yeah, I'm not going on that show. <laughs> All right. A tiny bit of backstory too and then I'll launch into all the details about this movie. The reason I felt like we had to pick this movie is I probably was under five, but definitely no more. Oh, yes, I can guarantee you I was under five. And I saw this movie and what drew me to it as a little kid. Now, mind you, this is a little kid mentality, like five years old, is watching a grown man spank a grown woman. And from a little kid's perspective, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. You know, I just did some quick math there. And I think I saw it at the same time. I bet we watched the same broadcast showing together. Right. Because it probably was on TV because it was, yeah. came out. I was about eight when I saw it, I think. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Okay. So anyway, with that context, now watching it with our 2022 eyes was comical and we'll get into that. Right. Yeah. So this, today's movie is the 1961, I would say hit, Blue Hawaii, starring Elvis Presley, Joan Blackman, Angela Lansbury, Nancy Walters, who I think people would recognize, Roland Winters, John Archer, and Jenny Maxwell. Yeah, she, Jenny Maxwell is the spanky. Oh, yeah, it's important. <laughs> She's important in this. The writer was Alan Weiss, who did the story, and Hal Cantor. And did I already, no, I did not say that it was directed by Norman Tarog. The synopsis of the film is, after arriving back in Hawaii from the army, Chad Gates, Elvis Presley, defies his parents' wishes for him to work at the family business and instead goes to work as a tour guide at his girlfriend's agency. The taglines for this film is, ride the crest of the wave onto the most beautiful place on earth. Join Elvis Presley in a paradise of song. That's a, that's a mouthful. That's a synopsis, that's not, not a tagline. Tag yeah, wow. Do they get paid for the word? <laughs> Here we go. Just straight to the point. See Elvis sing and dance and rock a hula twist. That's the spirit. That's a tagline. Because <laughs> really, just what's going to get butts in seats? It's Elvis Presley. Singing. Yeah. Yep. It's just, here's another Elvis Presley movie. Come watch. 
Couple, oh, and it happens to be in Hawaii. Some babes in bikinis. Yep. Seems like box office gold. Here's another one on brand. 14 terrific songs on RCA's Blues Chasing Blue Hawaii album. 14? I don't 14. think there was 14 songs in that movie. On the on the album. On the says. album, yeah. but I don't know how many of them I don't actually believe in the make movie. it in the film. Yeah. No. Let's see. A static romance, exotic dances, exciting music in the world's luscious paradise of song. Huh. <laughs> Started strong, but kind of ran out of ideas halfway through the tagline. (laughs) All right. Some fun trivia for this film is for any of you who have graced our beautiful 50th state. Or was it 49th? It was the 50th. Oh, now you're asking me difficult questions. I think it was the 50th. There's no way to know. Absolutely none. (laughs) There's a famous store that you go to called Hilo Hattie, and they're known for their hula shirts shirts. and like just about any souvenir that you can imagine. And the famous Hilo Hattie is in the opening scene of this movie, which to us was a thrill. That really was. I I don't know why, but it was like, oh my gosh, it's Hilo Hattie. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I, I think I knew she was a real person because I think when you walk in the store, there's a picture. I did not. I have a Hilo Hattie Aloha shirt in my closet at this time and I didn't know she was a person. I thought it was like a made up thing, like Ronald McDonald. Yeah. So if you guys are watching the movie at home, the woman in the opening scene at the airport who has a conversation with Miley and she's handing out lays, that is the real Hilo Hattie. So there you go. You've been informed. Booyah. All right, Mike, kick us off. What is the pickup line for this film? Well, I'm actually going to give you three sentences. Hi, Miley. Hi, Eddie. I thought you were mad at me. I haven't had to chase you for a week. Okay, Mike, explain, because this, this, for well, I'm going to interrupt myself. How long was the title sequence for this film? Well, the song Blue Hawaii plays. That's the first thing that happens. The entire song plays. Over, over like the title of the credits. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, establishing footage of Hawaii. Okay. And then we see, right before this line, we see a woman in a car, not to step on your driving review. Right. You can tell us about the car later. She's obviously speeding. Little red sports car going way too damn fast. Okay. And, and then what happens? Well, and then a motorcycle cop peels out and almost wipes out (laughs) chasing her we had to back it up to enjoy the recovery that that stunt person did so obviously one take right yeah oh yeah we just have one take one take and so i'm actually not going to tell you oh what this person did wrong this is a quiz for our dedicated listeners such as rj and what is it that this individual does incorrectly in that shot okay all right i guess to be decided either on social media or a future episode a future episode or in person for those truly dedicated listeners that come see us (laughs) yes that's true that's true okay and so then the motorcycle cop pulls over Miley and then he says your pickup line right and then I love I haven't had to chase you for a week right so presumably each time he chases her there would have been a citation if you can trust the Sammy Hagar song can't drive 55 you only get 25 of those before they steal your license and you can't drive anymore yes so (laughs) but I guess if you're a pretty girl in a red sports car in Hawaii maybe you know they're a little more relaxed okay you're right we're not gonna go I'm not gonna go through the whole film chronologically but I think it, it bears 
saying that Miley goes to the airport and she's super excited to see Eddie. And Eddie's very popular. Like the the police officer knows Eddie's coming home. Hilo Hattie knows Eddie's coming home. And everybody's so excited to see Eddie from service. It's the coconut wireless, right? Yeah. The whole island <laughs> Quite knows. literally. Now, <laughs> what wasn't explained initially to the viewer is that he's in part popular because his family are really rich. Yes. Relative to, you know, island standards. Yes. He's like royalty. Mm-hmm. And this feminist got a little upset <laughs> at when we first see Eddie because I was raised, my mom loved Elvis and I was raised, he was just a hero. And so in my grown woman, you know, what, viewing of this, the doors open on the airplane and he's making out with one of the flight attendants. To make his girlfriend jealous, which maybe, what, what year is this, 62? Is that what the year this was released? 61. In? 61. Maybe in 1960. 61 that was considered a reasonable behavior in a relationship i don't i don't think so but he 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 says to the stewardess oh don't worry she's just jealous so first of all wouldn't the stewardess be mad like wait you have a girlfriend and you're using me to make her upset and then the girlfriend like you haven't seen this guy forever and the first time you see him he's macking on another woman i just it it burned my britches it doesn't get much better (laughs) because They get in the little red sports car and he said something like, you kept her body in good condition and yours. Yes. Oh, I wrote it down. You kept them both in great shape. Your body and this car. Right. Yeah. Ah. He does not start out particularly feminist. And then I have in my notes, they sing a song. And in the song, the lyrics are, I was almost always true to you. (laughs) Yes, almost always. And And, 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 I turned to you at nine minutes into the movie and said, I may end up hating this movie by the time we're done watching it. Well, okay. Now you have to factor in. In the song, it clearly establishes the time that he wasn't true to her. It was because the other woman forced herself on him and he could not fight her off. Of course. Now, I want to back up a little bit. Like, what was the thinking that the women of the world were so desperate that they would put up with even, you know, a temporary smoochie in the plane where they would throw themselves at him. However, this was Elvis in 1961. That probably made a lot of sense to the viewer. I'm sure it did, but I'm getting mad all over again. Oh, sorry. Because then, let's see, he takes her, they go to the beach, they're supposed to go see his parents, but instead they go to the beach. And it appears, now I'm sure maybe something just, you know, they didn't do blocking, let's say, for this scene. And it looks like he throws her down on the ground. Now, let's say she tripped, let's say it just looks awkward. But, you know, comically we backed it up because I was like, (laughs) he threw her down on the ground and then they start making out. So that's sure a little rapey, but there's there's something that I, I would also... Like or just to rude. investigate. Well, it, it's rude until he then starts making out with her, and then it feels a little non-consensual. But he's just gotten back from three years in <laughs> Berlin to his girlfriend. She drives him to the beach, and he immediately sprints to an outrigger full of a bunch of shirtless guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I, that, that was a little confusing <laughs> to me, but it gets worse. Oh dear! They put the dog in the outrigger, but she's like just thrown in the surf. in the ocean. Right, but the the, the corgi, which I like, the corgi. But I thought they could have made room for her too. But I thought. 
corgis weren't weren't supposed to swim. Like they, couldn't. I thought their butts floated, but not their front half. So it's a little bit like an unsafe swimming. Like of all dogs to have in Hawaii, it just doesn't strike me that corgi would be your go-to. Yeah, it's a little furry for find Hawaii. a better water dog. Right, a Portuguese water dog would be a good choice. <laughs> and then, but before they get in the ocean, he says, "Hey, I bought you a swimsuit," and she says, "Oh, that was so sweet that you thought of me." And he goes, "I wasn't thinking of you. I was thinking of me." Yeah, and he has another great line around then where like she gets wet or something and he's like on you wet is my favorite color so the the film actually does get better but it starts out pretty rough it was rough it was rough you're right it it does get better because basically he starts singing they leave miley and you know she's flailing in the water and him and the outrigger boys sing aloha oi it is reasonable which i know how to play on the flute or at least i did in the seventh grade don't don't test me now so then she loses her top in the ocean i said it wasn't going to go through the whole film so i'll i'll skip around here but the corgi fetches it it does get better we start to learn about the characters he basically is trying to avoid his mother and i would too because here's another problem with this film angela lansbury and maybe (laughs) not as much her husband but first of all she has the worst southern accent she's english (laughs) and then she's now mind you this is the time like we're we're trying to remember that this was made in 1961 but She's highly racist. Well, I was going to say, just backing up a little bit about her being English with a bad Southern accent. Mm -hmm. Now I don't feel so bad about Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. I think we're even. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's a character who appears to be Asian of some sort. Yes. She calls him, and I'm not kidding you listeners, Ping Pong. Ping Pong. And he has a bit with the garden hose, which reminds me that there's not nearly enough garden hose humor in comedy today. Right. But that was a little rough because it had a very strong breakfast at Tiffany's kind of feel to it yes. to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just kind of rude. She oh, treats yeah. like, because I don't know if it's, I hate keep saying Ping Pong, but I don't know if it's his wife. <laughs> I don't want to be a party to this. <laughs> right. I don't know if it's his wife, but there's a, a female server who is also Asian and she's just rude and dismissive to her. Well, what didn't help, and I yeah. agree with you on this one, is she calls her husband daddy. Oh, that and, was so creepy every time she would Mother do it. or something. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe that was appropriate for a Southern family in that era, but it, it does. It just kind of rubbed us the wrong way. Yes. So one last thing about Angela Lansbury and then we'll move on to other filmic topics. So I found this interesting. Presley, Elvis Presley was 26 when this film was released and Angela Lansbury was not even 36. <laughs> so she wasn't even 10 years older and she was playing his mother. And then the woman who they cast as the older school teacher in reality was only 18 months older than Elvis. <laughs> so Yeah. And there is a, speaking of that, there is a, another creepy line in there where <laughs> she says to Elvis, Mr. Gates, do you think you can satisfy a school teacher and her four teenage girls? Which is bad enough. But then he replies, Miss Duvall doesn't realize how well-oiled I keep my machinery. And he like... like smirks at her leers at her so in case the audience was unclear of the sexual innuendo we had to really just drive that home (sighs) oh i just did it there too sorry okay so the basic premise of this is like mike said he comes from a really wealthy family and his mom and dad want him to follow in their footsteps and eddie doesn't is his name eddie or is his name chad oh yeah i misspoke earlier when we were talking about her going to the airport i wrote listeners just do a search and replace of Eddie with Chad. (laughs) 
<laughs> if only that were possible, huh? So he doesn't want to to do whatever his dad does. He kind of, and he doesn't really, I don't think he really knows what he wants to do, but he kind of, he's... So putting this in context, right, this comes out in, in 1961. Mm-hmm. So what this means is that the, we just defeated the Nazis babies are 16. So this idea of a young person not knowing what they want to do is I'm sure very much topical for the time period, yeah. right? Now, what I thought was interesting is 61 was a little bit early, but I thought he was coming back from Vietnam. But they establish in there that he was in in, in Berlin, which kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because Berlin is a cosmopolitan town. There's no reason he wouldn't have had access to women or song and dance in Berlin. Right. But it felt to me like the script was written for somebody who had been in kind of war, right? Where they'd just been with other dudes and they had an existential crisis. Like, what am I doing with my life? And that's really what this is kind of that coming of age. He has to decide who he wants to be. Does he want to inherit the rich family and take over the plantation business, which even as I say plantation, it just rings a true again. More creepiness. Or is he going to kind of forge his own way? Right. And, uh, you know, they establish that immediately when he comes from the airport to go canoe with his hot oiled male friends and <laughs> and play song and, and dance and, and not go see his mom. And he spent several days lying to his mother and his father is the long suffering. You need to tell your mother and she'll right. be heartbroken. So there's that whole kind of back and forth. So I think in that sense, it, 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 it kind of works. He was, of course, a giant star at the time, right? Yes. And I think for that era, he was considered very sexually handsome and attractive. With oh. modern sensibilities, the poor guy, to be honest, wouldn't get cast because he's not ripped enough. You know, you'd have to go on the full Hugh Jackman plan. Right. But, you know, he's just a, a fit but young man at the time. At the time, of yeah. course. And so that, I think, is really kind of the appeal of it is that, that you know, coming of age story. Yes. And so for the bulk of the film, what he has, what he is, he is kind of taken on the job to do is take around this teacher with these, and I believe they said they were high school students. Yes, teenagers. And of course, so there's four girls and three of them are normal, average, polite, nice. They clearly have a little bit of a, a thing for Chad and think that he's a pretty cute guy. But there's one, Ellie Corbett, and she is like Nellie Olson, timely reference, I know. But she is a horrible person. She's just like, even the other girls don't really like her. And she complains and she whines and it's either too hot or they're taking too long or there's too much singing. Right. He brings her like a pineapple Uh piece and she throws it on the ground. Waste of good Hawaiian good fresh like right, fresh right off the plant Hawaiian pineapple. What are you doing? Yeah, you idiot, Ellie. Yeah. Well, and she she not only throws herself at him, she actually almost non consensually like molests him. But at not one until point. the end. At yeah, the yeah, very at the end. end. But this character is really unlikable. She really is. In fact, at the end when she kind of jumps in this pink jeep and she's running away, I thought, let her go. Just <laughs> yeah. let her go. But I don't know if he feels that he's responsible. And so like at the very end, there's of course this kind of, I wonder if there's a name for it, but it's it's seen in a lot of movies. We need to come up with a name, but because there's a funny John Ritter film that I won't go into that kind of has the same energy. Sword fight? Yeah, but we won't go any further. Where there's just like rooms and, and two people go in a room and then they 
come out of the room and then they narrowly miss the person they were looking for. You know, there's oh. there has to be a name in Hollywood, like for that convention right. of like the almost miss and it's just chaos. And oftentimes, you know, that circus song that you always the or the yeah yeah <laughs> something like that kind of is played i'm thinking secret of my success had a famous yes kind of yes back and forth between the the rooms in the inn kind of thing well was it there or was it the pool house when he's at the pool house with the woman and her husband comes home yeah I, i'm I not sure it which house it too. is yeah 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 there has to be a name for that well there probably is yeah. i don't know listener dustin might be able to help us out <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so then at the that's the famous spanking scene is he's chasing her and this is where like my five-year-old mind did not get the sexual innuendos of this scene (laughs) and so i was just like oh my god isn't that silly a grown man is spanking a grown woman but then watching it with my grown-up eyes it was creepy because she's a high school student she's like maybe i just need a spanking to knock me out of this yeah, I, I'm just thinking as an adult male that if I tackled some blonde teenager and flipped her over my lap, I don't know if I would get that far before the police helicoptered down and arrested me. That's incredibly inappropriate. Exactly. So, and then even after he spanks her the next day at breakfast, she did a massive heel turn and she <laughs> yeah. is the peach of breakfast. She's just a lovely lady saying please and thank you well, and apologizing to her friends and could you please pass the bread? As Sean Connery famously told Barbara Walters, sometimes women just need to be beaten. Stop it. It's a very strange plot point, if you ask me. It's rough. Okay, let's move on. So um, (laughs) is there anything cinematography or writing that you want to talk about before I move on? So yeah, there's some interesting things. So I I used all capitals in this in case it doesn't come through in the the audio, but in the time before drones, there's a shot of them in the outrigger canoeing, and I made a note of how did they get that shot yes right which is fascinating now there's later on there's a shot of elvis and miley on like this floating thing but it's in this canal and so i I convinced myself that they could dolly that yes Uh, there there would have been but this one they're on the middle of the pacific ocean i don't know how they got that shot the one thing that really bumped me is that they they have a picnic right chad and and miley beautiful shot beautiful shot they drive out they get out they put the picnic blanket down and then they're in a soundstage for the picnic. What the? So, I mean, maybe it was something as simple as wind kicked up and they couldn't get the audio or it was underexposed. Somebody lost that, that, that you know, reel of film. Who knows? But it really bumped me because it was such a beautiful shot. And then soundstage. That happens to us all the time. We will see a scene and then we immediately can tell that they have green screened it. And we're like, wait, but they were, it happened in wine country. So a contemporary oh, yeah. movie. We're like, but they were there. Why didn't they just film? this scene there why did they go to then a sound i i need that that answer too dustin and i i I could live with it if the answer is we did film it and it didn't come out so we had to reshoot it i can live with that i bet that's what a lot of them are quite honestly now that you say that yeah but if some jerks like okay cut now let's do the exit okay we're gone we're moving like no film the whole scene yeah for costumes (laughs) there's lots of tight shorts tight white shorts a whole lot I think this wardrobe for Elvis was brought to you by Moose Knuckle. Oh, dear. At the Hookie Lao, he is wearing, which I think it's funny, my document autocorrected to the Kookie Lao. The Kookie Lao. Yeah, I noticed that his swim trunks, both the, the, the waistband and the hem was very high. Yes. So there was not a lot of trunk, but boy, it went up to the short ribs. Yeah. <laughs> 
So if you uh, are interested in, in some, some Elvis legs, there you go. Mm-hmm. And other parts in that vicinity. Under the category of sound, I loved the scene where he brings Miley's grandmother back a music box and it plays Can't Help Falling in Love with You, which is our song. And I love the look that Miley is giving him during that whole scene. And for the listeners following along and listening every week, hey there, RJ. That's actually a connection to next week's podcast. It is. It is. Let's see. The hula gives Elvis a chance to move his hips in Hula Baby Rock. And I thought it was funny in one scene. I can't remember what preceded it. I want to say it was like a daytime scene at the beach. All of a sudden we just cut to Elvis is on stage playing the ukulele without (laughs) explaining why a tour guide would be singing with the band. Well, when you're Elvis, you just sing everywhere. Right. I know that, but he was Chad. Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. (laughs) And then there's the famous Hookie Lao song that I learned when I spent some time in Hawaii that I will tag in the show notes. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about this film? Well, in various and sundry things, I'm going to say when we talk about costumes, I'm not sure about the medals on Chad's uniform. There's a Maltese cross. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about that. My only guess is maybe they gave that out at that era if you served in in Germany, but it seemed awfully big. Shut up, Affleck. I did like that Miley's dress quickly converted to a one piece. That was an I thought interesting... that, that's a good idea. Right. It's like, you know, the shorts that, that's the just pants smart that unzip into cargo shorts. Yeah. Right? There's a shot when Chad and Miley are swimming and then a piece of driftwood just kind of <laughs> floats into, into scene. And I was, I said this at the time, I don't know if we even paused, but it was like, where did that come from and why? Right. There's no PA. That, sw- Jimmy, swim out and move the driftwood. Yeah. Like uh, one just, take. And it, was... it, and it was coming quick. It didn't just float. I know I did where it was going to hit Miley. So now I'm thinking, did somebody attach a little fishing line to it and they pulled it in the shot? Who knows what that's was going on That's how they got there. that shot you were curious about. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how they got the canoe outrigger shot is that driftwood. <laughs> they put a camera on that. Yeah. With Jimmy, the camera operator. <laughs> uh, Have you ever noticed how all of our PAs are named Jimmy? Right. <laughs> well, it just, it makes sense, right? It's like Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy, more kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a fair number of things in the couldn't be made today oh, so, category. So many. I don't know if we have time in the podcast. Yeah, but I, I'm just going to say. But hit of, the highlights. One of the things that is they, they mentioned that the family, Chad's parents, come from, I think it's Atlanta area, but they come from the American South. Uh-huh. And there's some great ones in there where the, the his father says to his mother, there hasn't been a Gates in jail since the revenuers caught your uncle squeezing corn. That one's pretty good. Other ones that I like is when his mom sees him in the uniform. Oh, goodness. She <laughs> says, you look good in it like Stonewall Jackson. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it couldn't be made today. Without a huge, a massive rewrite. Yeah, I don't know how they would do it. Maybe they would make his family Russian. But there's a little bit of dog stunt work that I don't think the dog signed off on. Because at one point, he throws the corgi oh, to the beach. Right. Just he's done with the corgi and he throws him down. Yep, yep. Doesn't drop him. Doesn't set him down. Just throws, throws him, him yeah. to the ground. Throws the girl. Throws the dog. Yeah, throws everybody. But you mentioned the Ping Pong's wife-ish oh. character. But there's a, a woman who appears to be wearing a coolie hat. Yes. And I, I just, I can't imagine that that would, we, we could make that today. It's 1961, but it feels like even for 61, it might have been a little, little much. Oh. It was very cringe watching this with my grown-up eyes. 
I will I will say this is no longer my favorite movie. Right. But there's a great line in there. This is not this is not uh, the first time they've heard this joke, but I do think it's it's kind of funny. His drunk mother goes to a person and calls him admiral and he says, "Well, no, I'm a general." And she says, "You may be a general now, but it's only a matter of time before they make you an admiral." So she's so dumb she doesn't even realize that <laughs> General, general is the and, admiral and, and admiral are two different tracks. But, oh, um, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, see, there you go. Joe works. All right. How about head trauma? We know there was body trauma to poor Miley when she got pushed oh. down. Any head trauma? Uh, yeah, yeah. At 11.29, Chad and Miley are running and they both trip and face plant. So I'm going <laughs> to count that as miss- as head trauma and kind of embarrassing for the world's biggest star, yeah. to be honest. I miss that. There is a bar fight. So I'm going to go ahead and yes. count lots and lots of head trauma in the bar fight. Is that the food fight in the dining room? Oh, uh, then then 28 minutes later, there's a food fight. So some pies and fruits and stuff, yes. I think. A good old-fashioned food fight. You know yeah, how it is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, there's a lot of driving in this movie. Oh, wait. I skipped over right. our smoochie at the end. Smoochie, smoochie, smoochie. I was so scared, too, that I didn't remember. And I thought, oh, my God, if he gets together with Ellie, because oftentimes in films, the one that, you know, annoys him is going to be the one he's going to fall in love with. And I thought, oh my God, what if I misremembered this movie? And he dumps Miley and gets together with a 17-year-old Ellie Corbett. What am I going to do? We have to record a different podcast. Yeah, she was underage. And uh, in 1961, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. They may have made that film. But in this case, no. No. At one hour and 40 minutes, Chad kisses Miley. Oh, thank goodness. Close one. That was close. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Now, how do you have a, a lengthy driving review? Because there is a big chase scene at the end. I do have. I do have some driving. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um. We already covered a little quiz for listeners of what the stunt person did wrong when he right. was playing the motorcycle. Yep. Cop. Another. There are a couple driving tidbits. One passengers must never grab the wheel. I don't care if you're Elvis. You leave your hands off the controls. Yep. But yeah, there's a point where he is going someplace fast and um, I would say this is more of a criticism. Do not drive that quickly on an open course. You need a closed course for safety to drive that quickly. That's what all the car commercials tell us. But you can see, interestingly enough, that Elvis did at least some of his own driving in this film because uh, when it's shot, you can tell it's Elvis. And he was known to enjoy a little bit of speed behind the wheel. Don't we all? And lastly, I will mention, and I don't think this was standard from the factory, but the 1953 Willis Jeep that Ellie steals is in pink. I, I'm not not sure that Mary Kay had a Jeep line. I know, right? Should we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. All righty. This film, like I said, it came out in 1961. It had a budget of $5 million and it made $10 million worldwide in 1961, which today would be like a film making $100 million. That's, that's for, a lot. That's for RJ. It got a 6 out of 10 on IMDb or it has a 6 out of 10 on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes critic were not pleased. They apparently <laughs> are viewing it with more modern sensibilities, <laughs> modern eyes, and right. they gave it. It was rotten at twenty nine percent, but audiences tend to like it quite a bit more at sixty seven percent. Well, with the adjusted gate of a hundred million, it was a pretty dang popular movie. Yes, yes. It comes in at about an hour forty two minutes. It's rated PG. It's categorized as a comedy musical. We paused it four times, once to watch the motorcyclist a second time, two to catch up on some note taking, three to do a time check, and the fourth time when he pushes her in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> The 
This is a Paramount Pictures movie. It won the ASCAP Award for the song, of course. It was a Grammy nominee for the Best Soundtrack and nominated for the fourth for the top musical. It got fourth place. It was nominated for the Writers Guild of America Award for the Best Musical. So, all right. It did quite well. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Dodge Movie Podcast. Follow us on all our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also kind of sometimes post the episodes on LinkedIn. So, if you're there, you can catch it there. And I hope you enjoy this month of Hawaii movies and never forget Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to dodgemediaproductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies. 